Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oi. The boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Brilliant. He's a fascinating guy. Great cook. Loves his wine. And also a great goalkeeper. I mean, he made me feel... Sorry, guys. I, I gotta go. Sorry, I've got to water plants. Okay, no worries, right, Jason. Re- go ahead. Yeah. Just, sorry, just was a go ahead, go ahead man. No, no. As I was saying, as I was saying, was uh, you know, he made my self-loathing is is way up there. I'm sure it's similar to you guys as well, given uh, all he does. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, that's oh, so needed there. J J C. Your mic's on. Mic's on. Oh no. Oh god. This is awful. This is awful. Oh there, yeah. (laughs) I think we. I think we should go. I think we need to leave JC in private here. Turn off your recording. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, that, should, that ought to do it. Okay. okay. Sorry, guys. I had to water the plants there. Amy, where'd everybody go? Coming to you live from somewhere in rural Mississauga, this is the Footy Prime program. Now, let's meet our established group of guests and hosts, starting with Mr. Dan Wong. Joseph is his middle name. The man, the lift, the legend, Mr. Craig Fast, Jiminy Brennan, Amy Dubbs-Walsh, coming to us live from French Canada, and your main <laughs> character of the show, Mr. James Sharman. Let's get this party started. This is Footy Prime and One Soccer, etc. Have a great show, everyone. <laughs> main. Hear that? Main. Do you have any spare change? Main guy. Main guy. That's this guy right here. Yeah, you're Main winner. Guy. You're the winner. Yeah. Welcome back you to like Footy that. Prime, the podcast. Two weeks off. Yeah. Was it two? Yeah, or a week and a half. It was one. A week one. off, but two yeah. weeks in between. Right, right, right. Sorry. Yes. God. Great start to the show, everyone. That is fantastic. We were just actually off camera here. We do this little, you know, rah, rah thing, mm. you know, um, you know, hands in the middle. Not dubs, she's in Montreal. Hands in the middle. <laughs> and just got me thinking right now, like before, any stories, like what was your go-to when you played the match, was there like a, a pre-match, you know, in the huddle, who's talking, who's saying what? Anything you can st- stands out here? What do we do? Come on, lads. Come on, let's go. And then a little <laughs> handshake, hug. 
There was never a lot of that, really. It wasn't wrong. And over there, they they sort of frowned upon it. And the stuff they saw in the United States and them standing around was all the public stuff really didn't fly there. It really didn't. You you see a little bit more of it now where they come in the circles. You see them do it. Our national team do it. But back then, it certainly was seen as just a a public show of BS. (laughs) A bunch of big-time Charlies. Yeah, it's like do it in the dressing room or whatever, you know? You you don't have to be public with it, though. So. Dubs, any stories? You, same with your, your crew? Yeah, I mean, there was always a couple of people that you went to, um, you know, in that pregame huddle, whether it was in the locker room or just on the pitch right before you went out. Like Andrea Neal was always somebody who, who had a couple of words that everybody had tons of respect for. I sometimes said something no, um, and actually, no. <laughs> yeah, when we, were, <laughs> when we were in Nebraska um, and we actually had a couple of families from Quebec, we had lots of girls from Canada. I've talked about this before. Um, and then we had some families who were playing in the Northeast in the US and we had, we had taught a few girls in a team, some French swear words. So one of our cheers before one of our games, we were playing up in, I think at Yukon, we said, un, deux, trois, tabernacle. And so, like, that doesn't mean anything to the girls, right? But, like, and all the people who were in the stands from Quebec were horrified, but... You know what? The best part about this story is that we're really testing now the the one soccer beepers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do French curse words count? They don't. Not at least, you know, the football I played. I We played down at Western University one year, and I could swear in French the whole time. So I could say, Asti... Tabernacle, all that kind of stuff. Just been told that they will be beeped out. Producer Carlos says, oh, don't worry, they'll be beeped out. We're going to find some language they won't, you know, nobody's yeah. going to know, right? We're going to look into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll endeavor to find a curse word that is un, unbelievable. Yeah. Is it bleep or beep? It's bleep, right? Bleep. Bleep. Yeah, I think it's yeah, bleep. I think yeah. so. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, not many bleep words on the Beckham documentary. And no. we thought today, we've been binging this series on Netflix the last uh, little while. It's just outstanding. It's so well done. He's such a polarizing figure, David Beckham. Mm. But love him or hate him, I think he's compelling. And just watching that, that series, it may be kind of warm and fuzzy for that era in football. Mm. And that era, you know, just culturally as well, I think, the, the posh and Beck's era and you guys were right there that was during your era as footballers you guys were in england yeah. dubs that was in your prime as well towards the end there it wasn't a joke no but you were but i mean for you guys who were in england during that whole kind of era late 90s mid 2000s and beyond did it mm. give you the warm and fuzzies it did do a, a little bit until I saw the free kick that was taken against me with the bangs. <laughs> then I was reminding of just some bad times I had at Old Trafford, James, actually. So it, it brought back some bad memories. At the same time, yeah, it did. It was, it, it was an amazing era. And it was also interesting to see, and I think it's a good idea, it gives everybody a good idea that watches it, what it's like to be a footballer there and the abuse that you can take when things aren't going well from your own fans, from other fans. And he was, David Beckham, on a different level of abuse I mean, there's a game at West Ham just after the World Cup in 98 where it was just incredible the abuse he took. Nobody deserves to take that. And it was, it was really a shame for a long, long time. And I never realized how much it affected him. It didn't seem like it affected him on the surface, but obviously it did because in the documentary talks about it quite a bit, Jimmy. Yeah, and the thing is, too, back then nobody really talked about mental health. And when mm-hmm. you did get abuse like that, it was get on with it and just deal with it. 
And it was very lonely. Everybody looks at football yeah. and says, you know, you watch the, the games on TV and you see the players and you're like, oh, they got some life. But they don't see what goes on behind the scenes and just how difficult and challenging it mm-hmm. is. And professional footballer is def- uh, professional football is definitely a roller coaster. There's so many highs, so many lows. Um, and it, it does take its toll on you after a while. It's and they, and they, they, they brought him up. It's sort of typical over there, especially in the tabloid newspapers, to build people up. Like everything's going well. Like they love David Beckham. He was golden balls, right? And then, <laughs> then all of a sudden when Sorry. that happened, the World Cup sending off in 98 with Simone, like, which was just crap in my opinion. Yeah. It, 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 they, they just took that opportunity to just, just take him. Like, it was all his fault. And Hoddle didn't help the situation because he could have, if his oh. comments after the game, if he took the pressure off. Because they still had a chance to win the game on penalties, remember. So, yeah, it was, a, it was an incredible amount of abuse. Incredible. What about Hoddle? How bad did he come across? No, great. Horrible. Hey. Wow. Horrible. No his own documentary would be a little different, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's sad, though, right? I mean, listen, Glenn Hoddle was one of the most silky smooth midfielders yeah. Yeah. I've ever seen. Short shorts, too, back then. Very short Very shorts. Very short shorts. Yeah, short. yeah, yeah. Um, had great legs. Yeah. I think you have great legs. It's an obligation to have the short shorts, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it, it was tough because what a player he was, but he's painted now in, in, the, in the wrong way. And, and Dubs, as a coach, do you think, you know, we use the Beckham scenario as the example here, but should he have backed his player post-98 or should the coach be, be honest and truthful post-match after that kind of, you know, incident? You can be honest and truthful post-match about your team's performance, but I think it's always wrong to go after an individual. I think he was given an opportunity there to come to his defense and he should have, whether he believed it or not. And I mean, you know, that that's sending off. I don't think, um, you know, was the tipping point in that match that, that led them to, to lose it. But going back to what Forrest was saying about how, you know, the England fans and the public built him up, um, only to tear him down. And it was just the, the vitriol that was, that was thrown at, at the Beckhams, but at David Beckham in particular, like him or not, you know, you mentioned how he's a polarizing figure. Um, but what came across to me was one, that redemption arc. So how much more they liked him after we scored that goal, when they, when they clinched, um, or he scores that equalizer against Greece. Yeah. Um, and then everything that came after that, um, but it, but it's also, what was my point there about, um, <laughs> coaches, managers, defending players post-match or, or targeting players post-match. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it was not only that redemption arc, but, but I think it was his professionalism that comes through, you know, is like, it, it's called into question. And then to go back to Hoddle, that seat, I mean, obviously this, the Beckhams are, are producing it. They're in control of, of what's getting put out there, but that seed was planted really early with his mom. Remember he's talking about David Beckham as a really young lad going out to that shop or going out to that soccer store and Hoddle was meant to show up. And he and then Beckham was wearing the Hoddle jersey and he doesn't. And then um, she says later that he was on her hit list. Right. I mean, those are those are pretty cutting words from a mum there. Um, but yeah, but I mean, whether it was that or whether it was, you know, um, uh, Ferguson um, and talking about, you know, the getting in the limelight and then being involved with sponsors and, and the paparazzi and, and really loving the fame that came along with being a footballer. Fergie never liked that. And then the, when he comes over to the galaxy and then there's Landon Donovan and he's calling into question his commitment to the team. But at the end of the day, whether it was, was Roy Keane talking about him buying a fancy pen and he didn't get it. He didn't, he did. He understood the clothes. He understood the cards, but he's like, he bought a nothing pen. Like, I don't get that. 
um, or it was Landon Donovan or even Hoddle. Like I think David Beckham comes out and again, polarizing figure, but he was a professional through and through. And that's what I got out of, out of this documentary. And I was really impressed with it. What's the stupidest thing you bought as a footballer? Was there anything that you spent money on that perhaps looking back, maybe not the most wise thing in the world or were you responsible, Jimmy? I don't know. No, I did buy some stupid things. Like snakes. Yeah. He rented that. That's a rental. <laughs> I rented that. It was a rental agreement. I rented that. that went back. Well, that was one thing when Alex Ferguson was so close to him, but who was grabbing a hold of him? Because, I mean, everything worked out fine for him financially, but he was doing some stupid things as far as that. You shouldn't be spending your money like that if he had, had a career-ending injury. He so much money. Yeah, but what happened if he had a career-ending injury? What, writing, signing his name in the new pen? <laughs> right. It must have been a beautiful pen. Yeah. It must have been a yeah. great pen. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been a beautiful pen. But Alex Ferguson, as you see, was driving him nuts. Even when we played there, I mean, the whole effect of Victoria Beckham was massive because after that, that was a game we lost seven when he scored that free kick. Going to the players' lounge after, I didn't want to just stay away from it. But John Monker, one of our West Ham players, went up there and he was being held back because she had all her entourage. And he's like, Hush it. Poshette. She had all her, like, it was just packed. And he's like, he didn't, he wasn't having it at all. He's like, what does it say up there? Players Lounge. Get her out of here. This is Upton Park. No, this is at Old Trafford. Oh, Old Trafford, sorry. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't, and, happen, and at, that wouldn't happen at Upton Park. Post-match, usually both teams could go up to the Players Lounge. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are being held back. Yeah. Really? Because no, Posh was, was there. there. <laughs> Posh was in there. <laughs> yeah. What do you think Fergie would have put his foot down at that point? I mean, I understand now you hear those kind of stories, you understand why he was concerned mm. about the direction that Beckham's career was going. Although it turned out pretty well in the it end. It worked out for him. Um, yeah. But I mean, that is taking it a bit too far, that sanctity of the, of the room, the player's lounge. Mm. Exactly, exactly. But for the most part, I mean, it was all good for him and Manchester and yeah. Well, the line, the line in the what movie is as David Beckham is scoring a free kick on Craig Forrest. In the 7-1 so game. In the 7-1 game, Craig Forrest makes a quick cameo. It's him diving across to his right. Flailing. Flailing across to his right. <laughs> and, and it's great timing because uh, the quote is from Victoria Beckham. David starts going from a boy to a man. And that's Victoria Posh Spice Beckham. In the documentary, this is what she says. So this leads us to our first mail sack question, if I can find it here. Wait, wait, first of all, could oh, you confirm though that, that so Victoria said that Craig Forrest that moment. Beckham from, from boyhood to manhood. Yes. Craig made Beckham a man. Yeah. He absolutely did. Fucking you. She, yeah. has a, she has a lot to thank me for. Can you imagine how happy <laughs> well, she was to see him that night? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so our first, our first mailbag question, mail sack, Wongers mail sack, I don't know what we call it anymore, is from Bergman, who's been making it, Bergman in the garage. He's a Hotspur fan. Was Beckham the best free kick taker you faced in the Premier League, Craig? Yes, he was. Absolutely. No question. No question. There was, there was some other ones that I played with, I think. Beck was number one, and I think Franco was, John Franco Zola yeah. was another one. And playing with him for a short period and then against him as well, he was one that I feared coming mm. to that, right? But he had others as well. I played with Frank Lampard, who was another one who was very good at free kicks. Never played against him, but free kicks and, and training. Zola, I remember him, so you have one off in the game. And you put the ball down and you got it. But doing one-offs is obviously very difficult. Incredibly hard skill, Jimmy. These guys, we talked about how hard it is. You either have it or you don't. You can work on it. But when you get that eyeing in and you're just putting the ball, guys putting the ball down and you've got a, a, an artificial wall and they're just 
putting topspin over top of it. Mm. It's unbelievable to watch. Like, they can do it every, just about every single time. Yeah. The goalkeeper at the time, another Norwegian guy there, Frodo Grotus at Chelsea, he bet him like 100 quid. Oh, I'm going to bet, th- I'm gonna, I'll score three out of five against you over a wall. And he's like, you take it, take that, right? As a goalkeeper, you yeah, take you that. Think so. yeah, of course he you scored would. the first three. It wasn't even close to him. Like, didn't sniff him. So what was it, though, about Beckham, the way he struck the ball? That was just different then to make him number one. Yeah, it, it sounded different when he hit the ball, for sure. And not just his free kicks, direct free kicks from outside the box, but his corners were vicious. And I hated the in-swinging corner anyway at the best of times. Uh, and that's obviously right-footed coming from the left side and coming in on goal. And because they were so vicious, and what he had it was the dip on it. And so it was yeah. good, obviously, from direct free kicks, but also from a point where... Even if you're closely marked, if there's a bit of a gap between the defender and the whoever's going to head the ball, the defenders, strikers, he, it'll come down so steeply that you, you're going to get a head on it. If you watch that in the documentary, a lot of those corners, even the, the ones where they came back in, uh, in the Champions League to win those two set pieces, both off corners from him. Yeah. And he worked on that when he was a kid and, and over and over again. But for, he did have a, an interesting striking of the ball. It was very, it was different, but yeah. he had put some dip on it. Frank Lampard could do that too, but more so from a direct striking of a ball as opposed to Beckham coming from the side. Yeah. There's so many techniques now. It's almost like they lift it. They come under it to get that, that top spin where it drops mm-hmm. down. But then you get a lot of players that strike it almost as a knuckleball now. And that's they get Ronaldo, up and, and down. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's vicious as well because that ball is moving as it comes over top of the wall. Nothing worse than that for a goalkeeper because if it's moving, you can't react because even if it's like, I hated like a 30, 35-yard shot that was moving because people think, well, it's 35 yards, but it, you can't react until you don't know where it's going until the ball decides where it's going to go. And that might be inside the 18-yard box before it decides. And so you're trying to pick up the flight and you just hope you get it right. Or even if it's coming straight at you. I used to didn't like the ones that came straight at you because you're expected to hold it. If they're just a little bit to the side, you could just go, okay, boom, 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 and just get rid of it. Yeah. But here, everybody expected you, certainly back in the day, to catch it. Is this is why you see more goalkeepers now, it seems more South American style, punching that ball. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to Definitely, to because it. you can see so many times now when players strike the ball, you watch the goalkeeper and you can see the keeper's kind of moving because that ball's shifting left and right. Mm-hmm. And so now they're just trying to get anything on it. Yeah. I, think they, I think they've lost that ability. I mean, it was, it was really instilled in us and we worked on it, worked on it to hold the ball and the importance of holding it on corner kicks and not punching it out and getting a safety. But at the same time, a lot of the South Americans were already doing it and it was a safety thing and it seemed to work really well and they were very, very good at it too. So Dubs, so, so if it's a mechanical thing, right, why don't more players do it? Is it that simple? If you see the way Beckham struck the ball or, or Ronaldo, I mean, obviously you do see players now copycat each other to a certain degree. But if it's pure mechanics, why aren't there too, so many great free kick takers in the game? Yeah, I'm not sure. And to, to Forrest's point about goalkeepers, I mean, obviously I, I was never one. I can't speak to that. But I think the technology of of boots, but certainly the ball and and how light it is now, I think affects that. And maybe that influences what the goalkeeper is doing. But, uh, I, I think it's, it's very much, you know, this is something else they alluded to in the, in the documentary. It was that assistant coach that came in that ended up being, I can't think of his name now, ended up coaching, uh, Beckham when he, Kirosh, Carlos Kirosh. No, it was Capella, wasn't it? No, no, no. Oh, Oh. And he didn't like, he didn't like Beckham. 
and uh, and he talked about how he bulked up in his upper body oh, and that right. affected affected the way that he moved and it affected his biomechanics on, on the pitch. So so that was interesting to me. So that Looked that also influences. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's so there's so many tangents I can go on here, but I'm going to stay, I'm, I'm stay on topic. Um, so that's interesting too. the proportions of the player. Right. I mean, you look at you look at footballers, I think male or, or, or female, you're usually slight, you know, you're not, um, bulked up. You're not like these, these huge towering players, but I think more and more, um, and this goes back to development. Um, and I think, uh, academies and how you put your investment there so that you see a myriad of, of players, a myriad of profiles that you're developing. You're not developing one unique profile and that includes body types. But I think when you, you, it comes back to striking the ball, um, it's very much how balanced you are um, and how at ease you are to do that. And then on top of that, if your foundation is is sound, then you can layer on all that technique, I think, for the better. So um, if I come back to, to my playing days, I think of two players who struck it. Um, purely. And one was a knuckleballer and with power. And that was Carling. She struck the ball unlike anybody I've ever, ever seen. So she could strike it, whether it was 20 yards and she was looking for that dip. She wasn't finessing the ball. She was just trying to rip the cover off of it and she could get it to dip over the ball, but it was a little bit unpredictable in terms of where it was going, but the goalkeeper would have no chance. But then she could also strike it equally as, as purely from 30 or 35 yards away. And then when you're talking about more of a finesse where you're bending it over the wall and getting it to dip down, that was Christina Kiss. Um, she was a, a dead ball specialist. She was a great midfielder, great midfielder. She could spray the ball. She was um, highly technical, but a dead ball specialist as uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I played with somebody who, who was on par with her. So on a free kick, you wanted a uh, kiss doing that or on a corner kick, she was just as deadly. Jimmy, not to give you too many kudos, but you struck a pretty mean ball with the left, right? Pretty clean. Was there anyone that you, you based it on or was it just, just natural? No, for me, it was just, it was technique. Every day I used to be out just striking the ball. And the only thing you can compare it to is just, a, it's a golf swing. Mm -hmm. right? In order to control the, the, the golf ball, you've got to be out there every day, opening up with a slice and bending it the other way. And you know, those little yeah. back Right foot, left yeah. foot. Mm -hmm. But we're, yeah. I didn't work on my right foot. I just used my <laughs> <laughs> But every, every day I was out striking the ball so that I could ping it. I could mm -hmm. slice it and bring that it That dipping thing though is a different thing altogether. It's completely I, different. I, I mean, watch guys practice and practice and practice for hours and hours. I, I mean, I always practice with them trying to do it too. I could not put the dip on it. East, west, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's well, fine, Jimmy, who, who, north and no. south, no. But like, I, I'm of? Who did you go, oh man, I've got to try and do something like, there must have been someone who stood out that you either played with. up on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's got to be someone that you, you tried to emulate or. No, like I, I looked at left-sided players when I, when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, look, I loved, I loved Ryan Giggs. I loved Roberto Carlos. I loved uh, Paulo Maldini. All these guys with great left foots. And just seeing how they play the ball down the lines or inside or pinging, you know, that's, that's what I wanted to work on, my left foot. Um, but my crossing, I was, I was great at crossing, but just to, and I could put that little dip into the box, but trying to get it up and down from 19, 20 yards out, that's a, that's a very, very difficult technique. And only, yeah. only a few players can actually really get away with it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look now in the Premier League, mm -hmm. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, David Beckham, I think, has got 18 goals from free kicks 
in the Premier League, and I think I James right. James Ward-Prowse is on 17, I think, yeah. free kicks right yeah. now. At wow. West. And that's another specialist, by the way. Mm. Yeah. He is fantastic. By the way, he was a bargain. Place. Yeah. He just needs to marry a pop star, doesn't he? <laughs> right? That's it's a secret. a little bit boring. That's a secret to longevity. <laughs> it seems that way, right? Because right. Beckham and Beckhamania was so much more than just football, right? They really broached into pop culture. Yeah. And, you know, people say that Georgie Best was the first rock star mm-hmm. footballer in a very different era. Well, Beckham took that to a brand new level yeah. entirely. Yeah. To the point, Dubs, where, you know, a, a wise man once told me, oh, his thoughts, uh, my good friend Joe Ross, shout out Joe Ross, by the way, um, that Beckham was so overrated, he was actually underrated to a certain <laughs> degree because he was so much bigger than the sport that his actual footballing ability was almost dismissed at times. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's fair, but it goes back to Forrest's earlier point, sort of griping about his spending, you know, that he should have been spending so, um, so, you know, willy nilly and all of, all of these things the that, up. yeah, I did. I did. I don't know I if mean, he was that... griping either. I don't know if it was a gripe. Well, yeah. Was it a gripe? yeah. Maybe. maybe. Whinge maybe. Yeah. Whinge. Yeah. That in a way was a way for him to invest in his future because he was making himself bigger than the game. And as much as people had a problem with that early on, it was a way to ensure his longevity in the cultural zeitgeist, not just in the footballing realm. Um, So I think at at the time, I think uh, people had a hard time with it and it probably did devalue him as 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 a footballer. But before we sort of move on in in this discussion, I wanted to go back to the to the free kicks for a second, because one of my favorite moments from his time at Real Madrid was not only the, the great interviews that we got with the likes of Ronaldo and Figo and Roberto Carlos, um, but it was those images of him being on the field with such, you know, formidable talent, right? Of the guys that I just mentioned, but great free kick takers themselves. Yeah. So I wanted to know if, if Jimmy, you ever got into this situation or you, you, you guys can think of other ones as well, where you see Roberto Carlos, who was like so unreal on free kicks himself, lining up behind one with Beckham and they're kind of having this friendly discussion about who's going to take it, you know? And so I thought that was great because there seemed to be like, there was a friendliness about it. There didn't seem to be any vitriol. There didn't seem to be um, any dislike, you know, I, there's one, there was actually one at TFC. Was there not like a really famous one? Defoe and Gilberto. Yes. That was amazing. Brilliant. It was funny. Brilliant. So that's, that's really interesting to me. Um, And then the other one is when I talk to young teams, I always say, sure, develop your game, make yourself as well-rounded as possible, but also find something that makes you special. Find something that makes it impossible for the manager to take you off that team sheet. And so when I go back to Christina Kiss, that was it for her. She maybe wasn't the quickest player, but she was so good at dead balls that her name was almost always on Mm. that starting 11 when she was available because she was crucial to the team in those moments. Yeah. Yeah, it's a valid point. Jimmy, you're jumping in there. No, I was going to say, I mean, for, for me with set plays, like I knew that if it was 19, 20 yards out, I wasn't hitting it. But as soon as it got to 25, 26, I was thinking, now I'm coming in. Now I want to hit this because I want to go with, with power. power. Yeah, right? yeah. So you could tell because like as soon as you, if I started walking over, I knew it was the right distance. So if whoever wanted to bend it, I was like, get out of the way because I'm going to smash this one. Yeah. But if it was a little <laughs> bit closer, they'd be telling me to get out of the way going, no, leave it. I'm yeah. going to put this over. Yeah. So did you ever have one of those no, I'm going to take it versus you're going to take it kind of conversations, but you just kind of went, F it, I'm going to take this ball. Yeah, only, only once or twice. It just depends on the distance that, right. you, that you were at, right? 
yeah. where you both kind of know. Never no arguments. Never, I've never argue. seen. I mean, well, that one, the TFC argument. Who's yeah. it? I was on the bench on that one, and because I was, I was on the the coaching staff. Yeah. And Defoe and Gilberto are going at it full on, right? And we're all looking at each other on bench, going, "What the hell's going on here?" They've got to figure it out. Who's going to take this? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. a lot of the times. You, you don't designate who's going to take it. It's all about the feeling. Who's up for it, right? Because if you've got three or four guys that, that have got very good t- technique, some with power, some can bend it over the wall, yeah. it's, okay, we'll leave it up to you guys. You guys figure it out. Well, these two were just going toe-to-toe, yeah. and they were not letting it go. And I remember we were yelling at other players, like, tell them to sort this shit out now. They've got to sort <laughs> this out. It's getting embarrassing now. Yeah. This is ridiculous. The Canyon and, and Lampard have the yeah. same thing, too. Just yeah. one of them. And then Gibraltar ran the fight. Yeah, well, that was a young thing. He scored. And then he Which scored. Was amazing. That was a young Lampard, yeah. yeah. And to be fair to Defoe, he, walked, he ran over after. And I, yeah, I saw that. I, hug, but at the time, that. neither of them wanted to give the ball up. No. Like, is it Gilberto? Gilberto, yeah. Gil, oh, Gilberto. Like, G-I-L-B-E-R-T-O. Yeah. He ripped the ball sounds, out. That just sounds like, he, like a good footballer, right? Oh, he, oh, he can't be bad, can you? You want a footballer, name your kid Gilberto. Yeah, he'll get you trials. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Craig? No. There's a few Craigs, though. Craig Burley? Yeah. Craig Forrest? Yeah. There's a few Craigs. Yeah. Who's the most... What name is the most non-football name out there? Ian? <laughs> no, there's a lot of... Ian, Ian Harwood's oh, a good Ian free Hart ticker. Ian Harwood's very good. Nigel. No, Nigel, Nigel Clough. Clough. Yeah, there's a few Nigels, too. We'll have to think about that one. Nigel yeah. Jemson? Hmm. Yeah, that's a Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor, yeah. Robert Taylor. Who's Robert Taylor? Oh yeah, Messi arrives. He's world class suddenly, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's it's, it's interesting though. The, the Galactico thing, I, I love that. Some of the images images from that documentary though, and you got Beckham over the ball with Roberto Carlos, mm-hmm. and there's Luis Figo saying, well, I, I I didn't have a choice. I wasn't part of that." Like this is Luis Figo who scored some of the greatest free kicks of all yeah. time. Yeah. Not getting a Zidane's there as well. Wow. But yet the Galacticos didn't really work. I think they got, they got a La Liga they at La the Liga. end there, yeah. but they didn't win the Champions League. And that was a real good demonstration, Craig, of how football is so much more than just individuals. Yeah, there's brands, and we know why we saw uh, you know, Perez there talking about why he built the Galacticos and why he mm. brought Beckham in, because he had a great right-sided player in Figo. We yeah. can triple our revenues, that's why he brought him in. But it's so much more to that than just football, which is what PSG, I think, are now finding out. Well, it doesn't matter what sport you look at, whoever spends the most. I mean, we go to local Canadian stuff, TFC. They're the, I think they spend more money than anybody else in MLS. Where has it got them? The second place team or third place is spending too. Was LA Galaxy? I think they're up there too. They're not, they're not even in the playoffs. Basketball, can, is they've got a cap, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL has a cap. Hockey didn't used to have a cap, but they do have a cap. But you see the teams that spend lots and lots of money, it doesn't guarantee any anything. Look at Chelsea, they spent a billion dollars, they can't even score a goal. Like, so, well, actually, it might a billion pounds. It's yeah, crazy. Pounds. So, you know, it doesn't guarantee you anything. It'll guarantee you a, eventually you're gonna get it right, generally speaking. You know, it's gonna give you a contender, but it doesn't always give you a champion, champion does it, Amy? No, it. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Doesn't NCF Montreal is the antithesis to that, right? That's and right. And they get they get absolutely raked over the coals for it by some of the fan base here. They think, you know, go back to the days, bring in a Drogba, bring, it, bring in a Nacho Piatti, you know, but that's just not the philosophy of the club right now. And uh, you, you look at this team, I think on average, they were third in the league this year, like 23.6 years, I think, in terms of the starting 11 and, and not total roster. But there was one game this year where they were less than 23 in terms of the, the median age on that pitch. And I think at one point, six Quebecers and seven Canadians as part of that starting 11. So I can really, I subscribe certainly to, to that, or I can back that type of philosophy, I think for development and what it means and going back to the importance of academies and what's happening in, in your grassroots and how you're bringing up that talent in your pipeline. But I think there's a balance to be struck, you know, like maybe it's, maybe the answer isn't just spending to spend and bringing in big stars and not really fully knowing how it's all going to come together on the pitch. Um, and then, you know, maybe the, the homegrown solution and, and, and being very reliant on a shoestring budget, maybe that's not entirely the answer either. It's the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but I think it's not just buying to buy like you see with Chelsea. I mean, obviously that's not getting them the success and certainly not at TFC either. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Montreal, I think, is at the bottom of the pay scale. They're less than, yeah. quite a bit less than half of what Toronto SE are paying. So, yeah, they're, I think they're you're right. winning championships. A, yeah, that's right. No, but they're making definitely. playoffs, which is important. Yeah. Like, if you're TFC, this year is a total failure. And if you're yeah, it's CF Montreal... But generally speaking, though, Wonga, generally speaking, you spend money, you succeed. If you read Stockonomics, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. book, by the way, yeah. mm-hmm. they'll, they'll say, yeah, there's those outliers, the PSGs, yeah. Yeah. the Real Madrids of the Glasgow era. But yeah. generally speaking, you spend money, you're going to win championships. Look at Man City. Yeah, you look at the Premier League and the spending, and it's pretty much where the table will lie at the end of it. Well, yeah, it, it does tell you an awful lot about what's going on. Yeah. But what you need is, I mean, look at what Toronto, I see with their biggest success. Defoe wasn't a success, so they've had some real problems with DPs. But when they were successful, they got, went for guys that weren't, they were in, you know, Altador could, he scored one goal, I think, in two or in 70 games in the Premier League. Okay, he's maybe one of the worst there, but he was doing well in the Dutch League. So could he do well in MLS? Absolutely. We'll bring him over. And he's not dead and buried. He's like in his 27, 28 yeah. years of age. Bradley, Giovinco, these guys were you know, Giovinco couldn't get in Juventus. Could he score an air? Forwards do very well in MLS, quality forwards. So right down the backbone of Toronto SC's team, they picked up three unbelievable players and they built around them. Since then, you know, even look at the two players they have now, they're, they're not central at anything. So they, they're playing wide and Fernandeski's out on the other side. and it's, It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. So you have to be really careful about how you build. Yeah. The big thing for me, though, is with CF Montreal with the lowest salary, making the playoffs, I would say is a victory though. And that is success. Like what is success, Amy, for CF Montreal with the lowest salary? And we know what failure is. What's success for a team with the lowest salary in the league? I think it probably is making the playoffs. But um, when you look at 
at ownership and you look at the sporting director, I think it's the sell on value of those players. And you look at, you know, Georgie Mihailovic, um, and they were setting records for his sell on to Azed Akmar and then, uh, Kone going to Watford, Alistair Johnson moving to Celtic. Um, you know, even with, uh, their ability to move Miller and then send him to, to Miami. Um, I mean, they picked up, um, a Poku with, I think was, was a record at the time, like 1.75, I think for the club in, uh, in, in GAM, um, that they spent on him. Um, and then he's sort of coming into his own. So in terms of measuring success, I think it depends who you're looking at. Is it, is it, uh, with respect to the fans, because that might be a different answer than what ownership is going to give you. Yeah. Precisely. You asked the fan base, yeah, is, yeah. is making the playoffs enough? No, they got to have, never be. they got to be hope. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, they, they, honestly, they're making the playoffs, but they they, they got to have some hope and, and and the possibilities of turning it on and, and winning it. I mean, that's... Well, MLS, that's, MLS, you can. You get in that show. Exactly. Right. And 18 teams make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. It's 18 but does that... Teams that make it. Yeah. What chance are they... Does that... They're not winning it. <laughs> You're not winning the league or the, the championship, are you? You never know, Jimmy. 18 teams. It's not happening. Let's, let's, let's not talk about playoff structures. Can we please not? I just find it incredibly boring. I'd rather hear Dubs there explain what GAM is than, than <laughs> talk about players structures in various leagues. Was it GAM or Gammon? I like Gammon steak. Yeah. Delicious, actually. I have That's to tell GAM. you, though, look... General allocation money. Oh, there's, there's <laughs> another thing that... Because Amy's head is so big on the screen, <laughs> you've got amazing teeth. They're beautiful. Oh, my they God. Oh, is, that, is, that, is your finger nail... Is that damaged? <laughs> No, I was just I was just showing you my shirt here. See? Can you stand up? To explain pussy for okay. To move about stealthily or warily like a cat. To avoid committing oneself. A person who pussyfoots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah good. I, I just wanted to tell everybody at one soccer that it's actually a word. Yeah. Does it need to be does it need to be bleeped out? I didn't want to pussyfoot around the issue. They can't, I appreciate they can't that. bleep it out anymore. <laughs> they might have to blur it out. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you mentioned the word zeitgeist again. I think every show at some point, the, uh, Dubs mentions the word zeitgeist, mm -hmm. and I don't know what it means. Don't? Hmm? You don't know what it means? No, I do now. I oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear what it means? Yeah. Okay, so it's, uh, let's see if it's relevant to the conversation. Footy prime, one soccer, word um, of the day. Zeitgeist, uh, the defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. Perfect. So I think it was a relevant word. Thank you. I learned from Dubs all the time. Um, from that to the next big question for everyone, what is your favorite Spice Girls song? Ooh. God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one, I couldn't name one. No, oh, come on. Da -da 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 -da. Nah, I could, I could probably, yeah, no. No? Well, then, uh, I, well, honestly, this was going a, down well. I know Dubs has one. I wasn't a super big fan of what this. What was that? Shake it to the left, are you having a good time? Shake it to the left, was that one? No. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think, yeah, that's, that's them. That's the them. The dressing room would have that's been spice up your life. Killing it. Yeah. Oh, that's spice up your life. Yes. Title track to their second uh, release, which was Spice World, which accompanied a film of the same name. A cinematic triumph. Absolutely. <laughs> I, cinematic I forgot triumph. about that movie. Actually, it was awful. <laughs> yes. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. You know what? But I watched it several times. I do have a favorite song. <laughs> Did you watch it? Can I put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. What what what's your favorite song, JC? My favorite song by the Spice Girls was Who Do You Think You Are? Which was, I believe, track seven 
on uh, Spice, their first uh, song. Sing it, swing, how does it go? Swing it, shake it, move it, make it. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Such a great song. Just the lyrics of the Spice Girls songs were, were pretty, uh, they're incredible, uh, aren't they? They're very powerful lyrics, I found. Uh, they changed the narrative powerful. of the time. Yeah. yeah. Mama was a nice song, I thought. Very nice song. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's a little, little sad. A little, a little bit sad. Little, you know, little but sad. But they were just paying respect to their mums. How does that it, go? I, I, you want to play it for you? I'll play it for you if you want. Mama, I no, I won't. That's the one, yeah, yeah. I think they did an unplugged on MTV, actually, or something similar. Really? And they played oh, it. Oh, dear yeah. God. Did they? Yeah, I believe so. They unplugged Posh, didn't they? <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. No kidding. Not the greatest well, singer. He's on the mic. Not the greatest singer. <laughs> uh, you'll be fine, Posh. Don't yeah, worry just, about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just do, do your dance. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, listen, the whole, the whole Beckham story, obviously, is culminated in, in owning into Miami. But do, do you think, I mean, Jimmy, you arrived actually in TFC the same year Bex arrived yeah. at the Galaxy, right? They called it the Beckham rule. Should have been the Brennan rule. Um, but I mean, sure, did that change things? Did it really tip the scale in, in North America? Let's, you know, look where we are now and the way MLS has grown. Without Beckham, would MLS have 18 teams? No, he, he, was, he was massive. He was so big and what he did for the league was, was incredible. Everywhere that they went, they were sold out. Yeah. Um, they went into the Sky Dome here. They moved, remember that? Yeah, we played, we played against them in the yeah. Sky Dome. It's packed, like yeah. absolutely packed. He's doing sort of what Messi's doing right now. Yeah. Well, Inter Miami is going to China, announced uh, today yeah. for a two-game tour. Well, they got to tour. make some money to pay the man himself. Yeah, but it's incredible. I mean, with respect to Anthony Taylor, mm. right? He's not going to Robert Taylor. Sorry, Robert Taylor. <laughs> he, referee <laughs> being Anthony Taylor, Robert Taylor. He's not going to sell out venues in China. No. We know who is Leo yeah. Messi is. But if, if Messi's on your team, you've got to jump on that train right now. Because you want your brand out there, and they're, yeah. Inter Miami could possibly be the biggest MLS team in history if they go. Well, they to are. China they're because they have followers. Is yeah. you know, if you're looking at that sort of merit, just think about what you said there. Isn't that yeah. crazy? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, Craig but usually has. What did, what did their numbers go up on Twitter? Yeah, I, I think there's only, there's only two teams, franchises, sports franchises in North America have more followers than them. And that's the Lakers and San or no, uh, uh, the Golden State Warriors. That's it. And Inter Miami. Yeah. And like we're a, third to that. Footy <laughs> Prime is third yeah. to those. When you days. think of somebody like you know, they, on Instagram, like Dallas Cowboys, are around four million. Uh, Inter Miami is already around fifteen million. It's all about branding. Fifteen point four million. Fifteen point four. There you go. And wait till they go to China. Tell me what, and the New York Yankees got I don't know four million as well, something like that. Like these are like Toronto Ma uh, Maple Leafs, two point one million, something mm -hmm. like that. And, and then it's all about brand. And this is why we are um, starting up our own OnlyFans page for Footy Prime, as discussed in the podcast <laughs> That's right. recently. If, if you haven't heard about this, please listen to our podcasts. <laughs> you can find them in all your... Apparently, it's really podcasts. lucrative. <laughs> it's you'll very get, lucrative. You'll get to see Jimmy's disgusting feet. Yes. Uh, yes. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but... No, we're not entirely sure. Yeah. But uh, if it breaks in the money, we'll do anything. Yeah. What are we charging? Do we know? Well, you can go, it could be what, JC's story again? Per month. So it's, the minimum is $5, or four ninety nine a month, or it's free. So at the time being, when we have nothing on there, it is free. <laughs> um, but now that you mentioned, what if we started off with our very first one, we put out pictures, and we put one of all of our feet, and they, people have to guess oh, whose God. foot is whose. That's a really good one. Yeah. I, I like think, that. I feel like Dubs and I have very similar feet. Well, oh. the ginger head. Do we? Well, <laughs> the hairy toes. Both hairy. Come on. 
<laughs> Hairy toes. <laughs> Don't talk about that. My feet look like uh, Frodo's. You know the Frodo the are Hobbit? They, are they club-footed? Yeah, it's like you can club use them foot. to... You, you got use... club-foot? <laughs> no, that's CF Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst name ever, by the way, Dubs. We'll come um, no longer, no uh, longer. That might be the debut, though, you're right, for our OnlyFans page, Guess the Foot. Right? I'm quite curious about this, actually. I imagine the ex-footballers have horrible, gnarled feet. I've seen Jimmy's that are disgusting. Well, that, that could be solved. <laughs> Bit of a How? medication? Chop the toes off? Well, I get rid of the fungus to start with, and you'll oh, be halfway there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fungus in the eye. Oh, he's got bacteria, and he's got fungus all over. He's, he's a That's tree. Right. <laughs> or a mushroom. Have you seen that, have you seen that bark man? Fun the guy? tree man? The what? The tree man. Have you seen this? There's a guy, I forget where it is. He's got some awful disease, some autoimmune disease. I have seen and this. And he looks like he's, a, he's got bark as skin and hair. It's, yes, it's, the most it's very sad. No, seriously. Fast forward five or ten years, Jimmy. I would get that sorted pretty soon if I were you. Um, what is happening right now? So we get some, some white or wong? Oh, I'd love right or wong. White or wong. Not right, white right or, or wrong. Right or wong, sorry. Jeez, you racist. <laughs> white or wong. Oh Ladies and gentlemen, God. it's time to play sports television. Wait a second. Oh, don't do it too fast. i got to put my jacket on. What are you wearing today? Fastest growing game show. Right or wong. How many? From rags to a suit. Tree man. So... How, right how many Wong jackets are there now? Listeners. For our new listeners to Ryder Wong, yes, Dan Wong has a new jacket uh, that he's wearing. Oh, so did. we will go around the table and ask our ex-pros and, uh, and expert uh, some questions, they, <laughs> whether they be football or, uh, or pop culture related. Uh, for every correct answer, it's 50 points. For every past answer that's correct, 25 points. Uh, and if you get it wrong, then you're a loser. Mm. Uh, and then the winner will receive this wonderful uh, Right or Wong trophy, which was given to Dan Wong, Daniel Joseph Wong, uh, as the Glebe MVP in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe right now the champion, the, the reigning champion is, I believe, Jimmy. No, no, no I think I Charms. Was it Charms? Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. Jimmy's oh, never won that. Yeah, Charms. Jimmy hasn't won yet. <laughs> oh, no, you guys were tied. Oh, I no, it was that, a tie. That question was. Oh, are we still. It was rubbish. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was wrong. This? All right, first uh, question. Well, welcome, everyone, to Right or Wong. Can I, wait, yeah. I didn't hold acknowledge very quickly that Wong did literally change jackets. I did. Why are you dressed so nicely today, bud? Okay, so uh, Craig asked the same thing on the drive over, and I said, I'm running out of clothes, and I've got no... So next week, I'll be here in a tux, because I can't wear the same thing. But I've got no... This epidemic or pandemic we had, I went straight from, like, having nice kind of business clothes to either suits or cottagey, rummagey clothes. So that's where I'm at That was at two right years now. ago. Nothing in between. I have nothing in between. It's like my face right now. <laughs> okay, James Sharman. Okay, I've got five seconds. We recently lost Suzanne Summers, who played Chrissy Snow on Three's Company. Who played Janet? I was a kid in England when this You've show. You've never was out. seen this show. I've never seen it. No. Uh, knock on Jimmy. The door. Jimmy. Oh, Do you remember this I, late? You know her face. I know her face. Yeah, I don't even remember her character I, name. Amy, stop looking it up, you cheater. <laughs> I'm looking it up. 
<laughs> no. That's the hardest uh, one. They wouldn't even know who Jack Tripper is. Come on. Was. Do you know who Jack Tripper is? I yeah, wasn't he, um, he Oh, up? no, he was, Jack Tripper was um, you the should, You could know. Oh, Caribbean. He you could know. I could, but, was I Jack but I don't. know. Oh. Okay. The guy, Jack, it was Jack Tripper, right? It was Jack John Tripper. Ritter was John Jack Ritter. Tripper. Yes. <laughs> and he died in 2003. We are so old. Joyce DeWitt, she's the only living cast member because Mr. Roper's dead, Audra Lindley, Mrs. Roper, and Mr. Furley. They're all dead except for Joyce DeWitt. Did Suzanne Summers Jesus, do the, the Thighmaster? She did Thighmaster. Yeah. Everybody's she dead. Did. Death is not anything to be afraid of, Jimmy. But your she, toes. She, it was a great show. It was a great show. Jimmy. Yeah. What year did CF Montreal Stadium, Stad Saputo, open? What year did they open? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Three, um, that was USL two, days, right? 2005. Close, but no. Mm. Amy, Miss CF Montreal history. 2007. Very close, but no. 2006. <sighs> Very close, but no. <laughs> Can you figure it out, Charles? 2008? Yes. Really? It opened May 21st, 2008, and is in the borough of mercier Hachalaga, Maisonneuve in Montreal. Right next to the uh, Amy, you Olympic should be ashamed. Stadium. Ashamed. Jeez, I just, I just, isn't it? Right? Next I just door lost to the my job. Next to the Olympic <laughs> Stadium. 55 points for James. The money pit. What Vancouver actor, Amy... Played Brandon Walsh on the hit series Beverly Hills 90210, starting in 1990 to 98. Really? The old softball oh. for dubs? Isn't it Jimmy? Isn't it Jimmy's question? No. No, it's yours. Time. <laughs> you can't That's pass. Five seconds. And Brandon Walsh? Yeah, I can't think of his name. Wow. He's from Vancouver, Craig. Perry? No, he's the guy who Jason died. Priestley, come on! Thank you, James hey, Sharman. Big oh, to win. These questions. <laughs> Harry wasn't from there. No, I guess no. not. Okay, too bad. Craig Forrest, how many Canadians have played for Ipswich Town Football Club? Oh, that's a great one. Do, 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 and I'm, do, I'm pretty sure that Wonga has the wrong answer though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no. What? I'm gonna say. It, what do you say? Five. I just looked it up this morning, so I could be wrong, but... I can think of three. Three. Nope. Four. Yes! So what? Jamie, Peters, Jamie Peters, Jason Devos, Craig Forrest, Frankie Yellow. That's Bruce, it! Bruce Twomley. I forgot the Jason... Hmm? Bruce Twomley. See? <laughs> he didn't come up! There's five. All right. Okay. There's the weekly one that's got the wrong answer to his There's quiz. There's always He's one. He's a player and he played a couple games and he had a really bad injury. And that was but did he play first team football? Yep. How many games? Not many, but he had a bad injury. Do you have to, to here's a question before we go into that. Do you have to play a certain number of games to be considered a Premier League player? Or is it just one? Well, to get a title, to you're used to be. I don't know why they, they lowered the amount of appearances for yeah. winning a trophy or a title. Yep. But I remember when we won the the championship. Yep. They, I think it was, I think it was 15 appearances, something that was pretty high oh. to get to. Yeah. Well, my point for is, Bruce Swanley. Medal in the world. Like I did a like, double search on this because I didn't want to be wrong, and his name didn't double come search. up. A double <laughs> search. A double search. I'll take it, Daniel. He, so his so name he, didn't come up, Amy. I got I'm 100 points for that because the question was wrong. And I <laughs> Craig, did you go there because of Frank? Did he know you before? I knew Frank before, right. but so it had nothing to do with uh, Frank, no. no. How did they discover that you? Much. I knew him actually just almost simultaneously when somebody said, oh, there's a kid from Newest Minister that is over there now. 
Well, Frank was born in Watford. He came over when I think he was about 10. And really by when he was 12, 13, he was taking trips back and forth already. Um, school holidays and stuff like that before he made the, the move over when he was 15. You said that, that was it, it was Frank that hit the ball more cleanly than anyone else you've faced. Yeah, he had, the, he had the, the sweetest strike I'd ever seen with anybody. It was from, like, lots of power, um, but as far as taking a shot on target, the reason why he didn't score that many goals, he did score a few. He scored one against Manchester, maybe scored against Tottenham, although it took a deflection, is that he hit it too purely. So as soon as it comes off the boot, you've, you know exactly where it's going. There's no curve in it, there's nothing. It's just a pure, like, just perfect, perfect strike. No movement on it at all. It's going like a laser. So very easy to save. And Bobby Ferguson's favorite player. And Bobby, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yellop. 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 It's your fault, Yellop. <laughs> yeah. Don't like you as a player. You're missing a person. Your eyes are too jokes close here, together. I can't trust you. If you don't get these jokes, uh, please listen to our podcast. Because <laughs> it's the, t- it's the <laughs> your eyes are too close together. Yeah. yeah. That is just, the, it's like mean girls. Yes. Like Bobby Ferguson was a mean girl. He was, yeah. He oh. didn't like the... He, there was a trialist that came in and he saw him in the hallway and he had already cut him before he even tried out because his eyes were too close to cut. <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of you. Like, what are you talking about, Bobby? He's like, I don't trust him. I was like, what do you mean? You haven't even seen him yet. He's like, his eyes are too close to him. I've already got rid of him. He's in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that's the supporters club bingo card. Somebody's checked a box now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very like, happy like, about yeah. that, Forrest. Yeah. And there was a couple Couple guys in the corner. There was Yallop, Putney, and I think Ellen Sunderland. Trevor Putney, like and, and all of them didn't have eyes weren't close together. But there was, you know, they weren't wide. That's for sure. And he was like, "Look at the corner. Look at the corner." And there was even a puppet they called Hangman Corner, and they had a puppet in the first team dressing room that was hung there because people in that corner did not last very long. Oh, it was oh that corner. no! Were they put there on purpose? That's just straight corner. on bullying. And it as is. soon as somebody else came in and sat there, it was like, "Oh boy, he's in the Hangman's Corner." Would that be iest? No. I don't know. Judging someone by how close their eyes are I together? I think facist. Facist? What's, yeah. what's too You're close? <laughs> like, what's close? A little bit closer what's than yours, close? Jimmy, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but good point though. What is too close? Seriously, what, like, what is it? I don't know. Half an inch? <laughs> Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah, perhaps. Okay, yeah. we're on to question oh, yeah. number, round two. James Sharman. What CPL player won the gold won the Golden Gloves gloves for best goalkeeper mm-hmm. in the league twice since its inception? Oh, is it Henry? Yes. Nope. No, no, it's not Carducci. Carducci. Oh, yes. Marco Carducci. Oh, he on. won in 2019 oh, and last year in 2022. The other winners were Tristan Henry and Jonathan Sidwa. Uh, for you. Wow. By the way, um, final podcast. Good guys. Mention, but we had Nate Ingham. Fantastic. On Sunday night's yes. show. He was absolutely brilliant. As, and it made us all feel, as Craig said, like a sack of shit. <laughs> yes. Because he's, he's doing everything. He's such an active oh. guy. He's instead smart, of ambitious. Instead of us being inspired, yeah. we feel like we judge ourselves badly. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, I, to the lake later on. I feel so bad sitting on the couch. I'm just like, oh, you do? <laughs> I don't feel that bad. I have, I have to say, I'm a little disappointed to see Jimmy sitting in that chair today. I was pretty sure it was going to be Nate. Yeah, we well, we, we did actually have a vote it. last night. That I, I heard it. you had a vote. We did. You were off you the had island. You a vote to get me off. Uh, 
Yeah. Give me bread in, you're, you're off the and island. And not one person stuck up from it. <laughs> no, no, you were voted off, but the reason being that you're here is because Nate is so busy being a professional goalkeeper mm-hmm. and and uh, running a bar in Montreal yeah. at a very highfalutin restaurant. He's yeah. got no time in his hands. Yeah. But that's what happened? Yeah. Because he couldn't make it down yes. here. Yeah. That's the only reason that's why, why I'm here, here right now. Yeah. yeah. We didn't really have a vote. It was, we, we just sort of, it was a request. <laughs> I've told, I've told you guys I don't like you before, right? Yep. Have, I, have I told everybody? No. Oh, really? Well, now we don't feel so bad. No. Uh, Jimmy, second question. Yes. Who holds the record for most Premier League appearances? Most Premier League? Uh, Barry. Nope. Amy? Oh, my God. I have no idea. Um, Liverpool guy? Don't look at me. Uh, you met, it, his name has been mentioned. Yeah, he's a former Liverpool player. Or no. former. No? Nope. All right, all right. Go ahead. Who is it? Uh, oh, we no. Did, did, did. Oh, go no. I need some it's time. one or two players. Okay, go. Giggs. Giggs it is. I don't think it is. Mm. No, it's not. 632 appearances, it says. Where's Gareth Barry? Hey? Tell me the next one. <laughs> oh, now. <laughs> Dude, this is I'm the worst. I'm the worst. This gives a whole new meaning to writer Wong. <laughs> well, I told you. Yeah. It's a, this is a game show. It doesn't have a doesn't have an end. We, there should be. Or my question is white or white or Wong, uh, writer Wong. White. <laughs> Forest. Craiger. Last question. Wonger, you, you, Wonger, you got Barry. it wrong. It's Gareth it's Barry. Barry. Okay, it's Gareth Barry. Everybody. Thank you. So Jimmy so got it. Jimmy got it. Uh, it's kind of a trick question. Last question. <laughs> last question of the round. Was that your question? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy got it. Last question of the Flying round. today. What is the nickname of AFC Bournemouth? Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Uh, Craig. Oh, you're too. asking me? Yeah. Oh, the cherries? Yeah. 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 Do you know why? I don't know. I let a really bad goal in there once. <laughs> Can you explain? <laughs> Can you describe it to us? It was one of those over the wall, completely read it. It was, I'd already thrown it before I caught it. <laughs> and, it just, and Harry Redknapp was the manager of Bournemouth then. And it just slipped through my hands. Uh, and it didn't even get to the back of like the neck. Mexico. And our fans were behind us. Was it Ipswich or West Ham? Ipswich. And they traveled all the way down to Bournemouth. They weren't happy. Did you lose? I think we lost like 1-0, yeah. Oh. Was that Bobby Ferguson as manager? No. Oh, that's too bad. It's amazing when a goal goes in like that, how quick... The defenders in front of you walk back up the pitch. Yeah, everybody just turns and just, you just, that's. Was that the, your worst goal ever? As soon as it goes ever? in, you the just go like that. Just turns, no, it's up walking. there. Worst goal ever. <laughs> okay, up there. Yeah. yeah, it's the loneliest position ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, JC, who won Ryder Wong today? Who do you think won Ryder Wong? I think Craig won. You did, because you, you know were what? wrong on the questions. I, you know what? I, I was wrong at, at who won fully last game, but it was this game, Mr. Jiminy Brennan. Jimmy, hey, yes. well Jimmy. Now, Jimmy. Can I, can, now can I, so happy. I need to explain why though. Yeah. So Jimmy and Craig were tied, except for the fact that Jimmy got the four when the answer was actually five, but you got that right because that was what Wonger said was right. So you get the points, even though Craig also got the points. So, so there's always, there's always challenges in right or wrong. Yeah. This is more confusing than the CPL it. playoff format. <laughs> <laughs> I like the new format. I, I like do it too. too. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah, it's still confusing. I would have liked them to play home and away though mm-hmm. in every round. Yeah. Yeah. Good games coming up, by the way, this weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, one great game. <laughs> this is one game. It's one game. Yeah. Jimmy, the home and away format, would you have had that for the four and five playoffs? Because yes. Nate was talking about that last night, how... 
Pacific finds out they're hosting quite late. Um, and he points to that as being a reason why the stands were half filled. So maybe it gives, you know, ownership a chance to make some more cash and gives home fans a chance to support their club the way that they should be supported. I agree. Mm. I agree. I think it should be home and away every stage. Well, like you know, Nate was saying last night, they can tweak it still. Right. But it's yeah. good to see new leagues try new things. Right. But I do like be the progressive. Format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Forge and five finals in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, they always are. Always done an amazing job there. Yeah, who's who should be the favorite? Do you think at this point? Who's playing? Obviously, it's gonna be Forge or it's gonna be Pacific against Calgary in the final in Hamilton. Is Halifax in the final? Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Say I don't know. Again. I say that again. Calgary <laughs> in the final? No. no. Calgary, Calgary, Hamilton, Calgary against and, Pacific this weekend. Thank you. Yes. Right. Yes. Playing Forge in oh. Hamilton in the final. And why, right or wrong is a problem. <laughs> well, like I, said, I like the format. It's a little bit confusing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We know right. it's yeah. Forge is in the final. Yes. Yes, Forge is once again. And they're waiting to are. see who's going to play them, whether it's Calvary or Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jimmy. Okay. Yes. Now that makes a lot of that's sense. That's a toss-up for sure. It's a yeah. toss-up. Yeah, but is well, it is it though? I mean, given that the great season Calvary's had, it's hard to bet against them. But it is. I mean, Forge they're hosting, and you know they they get that win against them, that crucial win. I mean, I, it's hard it's hard to vote against Forge. I think. Yeah. Well, which team are you going to choose? Like, if you had to lean which way, because I'm just going to go the other way. Right. I know. <laughs> so who are you <laughs> who are you leaning for right now, Forge? <laughs> No, I'm not playing this game. Piggybacking on my crappy betting. Forget it. Who is Forge going to play in the final? Oh, Cavalry. Okay. Okay. We should should head down there, right, for the final? Yes, we should. I want to be in a box. I think we're invited to a box. Are we? Our friends from Tony Bet invited us to a box. They actually have? Yeah. So maybe we'll all go down and... Enjoy ourselves and do a podcast. All right. Because Charm's always anything for free. He's like, oh, oh yeah, I love a good box. I don't <laughs> want to sit with the well, scum. Will they pay my gas money? Kyle <laughs> is telling us to do social Charm, so I'm holding it up for you. Yeah, okay. Um, so you can follow us on a variety of social platforms. Uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Footy Prime, of course, you can find on, on X or Twitter and Instagram, Facebook and YouTube, of course. And our podcast you can find on Sunday nights. Yep. Wednesday for the foundational. Yep. News and dubs, although she's in every freaking show these days. I know. Yeah. Gotta revisit that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Monday's here on One Soccer Four. Two more weeks after this, I think. Two believe. more weeks. I think our final show is the 30th. So if you like it, though, ago. let them know. Please let them know. <laughs> let them know, okay? It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Bex. Thank you, Posh. And thank you, Craig, for allowing Bex to become a man. man. Thank you so much. And thank you. We'll see you next week. Cheers very much for watching. I was always wondering, did you become a man when he scored on you? <laughs> no, he became no, a boy. I lost a ball. <laughs> <laughs> he lost a ball. <laughs> it was all the time on the ground. <laughs> Just rolling. In the mud, right? <laughs>
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.